Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glixman alongside my tag team partner, Matt Story. And there are a couple mysteries that are going on right now. The first one is I got a thing of cookies delivered and Matt and I are puzzled as to who it could be from and whether or not I should eat it. Uh, And the other mystery is what happened to last week's podcast. Um, We recorded it and then through user error on my end, uh, I appear to have deleted the actual content of it, but still posted an hour and change of silence. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as I told you the next morning when we you discovered this, we should have just, you know, put up a note that this was somehow our silent protest on on the state of sports or the state of the world or something like that. Um, it's too bad because, uh, you know, I think that was one of our longer podcasts. Maybe that was the problem. I don't know. I, I don't know if that's been considered, but we went a long time and... We had so much brilliance, and it'll just be contained between the two of us. But suffice it to say, if you're listening, there was a lot of brilliance. Yeah, uh, some short cliff notes, general happiness about the Patriots losing. Yes. General uh, ambivalence about Jimmy Garoppolo's contract. Um, And then some minor hand-wringing about ASU basketball, which now we can talk about how that was all misplaced. Turned out to be, yeah, yeah, that was one brilliant point that I'm glad we don't have on audio, where both of us said, I'm more worried we're going to lose all three of these next home games than win all three. Well, we won the first two, so yeah, that's a point that I'm, I'm glad that, you know, was erased from eternity. But, uh, yeah, you know, and, and I think we, we owe it to our fan base, and there is a big fan base, since we do talk ASU football more than any topic, we were pretty pleased with the recruiting class. Neither one of us ready to, you know, have a parade for it, but certainly better than what we feared might be the case. Yeah, if we're going to touch on that briefly, Herm uh, rallied, I think is the best yeah. way to describe it, uh, from a lackluster start, uh, which we expected, and you know, you have to give, I think, credit to Antonio Pierce and what he was able to do with the Long Beach Poly kids and the other California recruiting. Uh, he and John Simon seem to be really focused on that, and it paid off in a big way. On the flip side, a, a huge drop-off in local recruiting. Now, this year's class in the state was not as highly touted anyway, but no, no player in the top, I think it was 10 or 15 from Arizona – in the class, and that's a factor of uh, you know everyone but Donnie Yantis really not having a tie to the high school coaches here, and it's tough to convince people to show up. It is, it is, yeah. I mean, but but uh, but yeah. Overall, I think um, for a class that was predicted uh, by us and by you know people who get paid to do this type of thing um, to you know be one of the worst in the country as far as power programs, you know, certainly in the conference, it ended up being pretty good. Um, you know, what does it mean? Who knows? At this point, we'll, we'll know more two, three, four years from now uh, as to how good it really was or how bad it was. But, um, you know, on paper, which is all we can judge for now, it was better than, you know, what people forecasted. And I, like I said, what I think you and I both feared, I, I said it, you know, probably more than once that I kind of thought this class was a lost cause and it turned out to be, um, better than what I expected there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that there were big strides made in the end. They closed well with yeah. uh, d- on the defensive side of the ball, a safety and a linebacker, two positions that you expect will be big needs and potential immediate playing time. Yeah, true, um, true. 
you know, and certainly at safety, the chance to compete, I know a lot of guys are returning, but it was a, you know, sort of an open competition throughout the season in the secondary, um, which only had more added to it with Alex Perry right. announcing he's transferring. And at linebacker, Merlin Robinson, who they brought in, uh, you know, considering the loss yeah. of Christian Sam and DJ Calhoun, and Calhoun. if yeah, he's what he's have. cracked up to be, he could start. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and Marcus Rhodes, who played kind of a, you know, I guess that hybrid linebacker safety position that, that Graham was fond of. Um, so, yeah, I mean, three of the three of the four starting linebackers and, you know, I guess Karan Crump being the other, even though he missed most of the year, he is back. But you know, three of the four are gone. Not a lot of depth behind them. Um, and, and so, you know, there's there's certainly opportunity here, right, for, you know, a lot of these kids that got recruited to probably play right away because that was one of the biggest weak, you know, weak points of last year's defense all year, you know, from start to finish was where there wasn't much depth, you know, beyond the starting, uh, you know, 11, uh, certainly in the front seven, the starting seven, you didn't feel confident in much of the depth. And so there's wide open opportunity for anybody coming in. Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting also to see the guys who return uh, and how they fit into the three-three-five system sure. uh, that the defense is being converted to. Given how the Pac-12 has gone, really for everyone but Stanford and Utah, uh, having five guys in the secondary probably makes a lot of sense. It does. It does. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, the three-three-five uh, always. I don't know about you, but it. it um, you know, it makes the the hair stand up on the back of my neck because that was what Dirk Cutter ran. Uh, but some teams have, have, you know, found ways to run it very effectively in ways that Dirk Cutter's defenses never did. So I'm going to hope that, you know, this Danny Gonzalez guy who had a pretty good defense at San Diego State, we saw it, you know, last year, um, you know, can, can find a way to make that work. Because uh, the last time we ran a defense like that, it wasn't very good. And uh, Rich Rod was fond of that defense as well. and His defenses were not very good. Um, so we'll hope this has better results. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so that brings us to ASU basketball. And all of the hand-wringing that you missed last week, but that I assure you happened on our side, um, was for not, uh, as the Sun Devils got Bobby Hurley his first Pac-12 weekend sweep um, and looked good doing it. You know, Much needed, yeah. Yeah, certainly the second game. Um, you know, the USC game, they were down for most of it and, and down, you know, by I think nine points late and came back and finished with a, with a flurry and ended up winning on a, you know, shot with two seconds to go. But the UCLA game was a very impressive performance uh, um, against, a, you know, a pretty good team, not, you know, a borderline tournament team, team that had just gone to Tucson and won two days before. Um, and that was as good as I've seen this team. And admittedly, there have been some games that I haven't been able to watch, but um, you know, from what I've read and seen, as good as I've seen them since the non-conference season, you know, really since that Kansas game, which was the peak of the year, um, this was a pretty darn solid performance. Yeah, you know, for the Devils, big contributions from all three of the senior guards yes. in both yes. games um, and and really did a good job, uh, I think, of, you know, not giving up when the the slow periods hit. There were a couple times where, you know, Evans and Holder got cold, but 
you know, they, they weren't afraid to keep shooting and no, we needed no, it. Evans yeah. hit some big shots in that UCLA game. He did. He did. And, and, you know, Holder hit the game winner against USC, but Evans hit the three to tie it, uh, with 50 seconds to go. Um, you know, they, they both have a lot of confidence and, uh, one of the things I, you know, texted you after being at that game, it was the first game I've seen in full in person this year. Um, which shame on me that I haven't been to more, but, um, you know, I, I, you know, sat there and watched that entire game and just the confidence that you feel in those two when they've got the ball, um, you know, that they'll make a good decision, that they can make a shot from anywhere. They can create their own shot, get to the basket, get to the line. And, and that's not to say they do it 100% of the time. They're not perfect, um, you know, and, and they, they made some mistakes. But it's just it's such a nice feeling to feel like you've got two guys who – can do anything they want with the ball. You know, they can create, they can pass, they, you know, get a shot for someone else. Uh, they can shoot from the outside. They can score inside. Uh, it, you know, it really was the type of game that you just thought, okay, as long as one of those two has the ball, we're okay. And that is what turned out to be the case. One of the things, and we texted about this a little bit um, during, you know, our in-between period between the two yeah. games, about having you know the ball in the hands of Justice and and Holder makes you feel good because of their free throw shooting. But in that yep. UCLA game, everybody was hitting. You know, I think we yeah. made our first fifteen 18, free throws. 18? I want to say I think we started eighteen of eighteen, yeah, and, and then missed three late. So I think we finished like twenty one or twenty four or something. But but uh, you know those those three were not. I mean, they were one by each guy. Uh, you know, it wasn't anybody missing two. Uh, even Romello White, you know, late late in the game, we, you know, it was one of those games that the whole second half, I believe we were up by, you know, seven or more points. It, it never got super close, but it never got so big that you thought the game was in hand. And, and so it felt tense, even though maybe the score didn't say it was one possession. Um, you know, there was a play, I think, with maybe three minutes or so to go. Romello White gets an offense or a defensive rebound. He gets fouled. And I'm thinking, man, I wish they hadn't called that foul because it was kind of a borderline call. And, I, you know, I'm like, God, I would have rather had the 25 seconds off the clock because he's not much of a free throw shooter. He goes up there and drains both ends of a one-on-one. So, I mean, that was, uh, you know, just one example. But, yeah, the free throw shooting was really solid in that game, all, all you know, all the way across the board. It's something that as the season progresses makes me feel good. You know, the cliches in the tournament are – Senior guards, good defense, good free throw shooting. Outside shooting. We got a lot of those things. Yeah, I agree. I mean, who knows how it's going to translate, but we do have a lot of those little variables that oftentimes, you know, take a team further than maybe they should go in the tournament. When you look at the guys who contributed, uh, one name that was conspicuously absent from the UCLA list was Remy Martin. He played yeah. very sparingly, a lot more Kimani Lawrence. And, yeah. you know, the the thing that uh, the broadcast said, the point they made about Remy Martin and, and what he does that I hope, regardless of his productivity in a specific game, becomes sort of a through line for all of this is he lets our other guards rest on not having to play the hardest defender. You know, true, he true. get he plays the role of hardest defender. Yeah, you know the yeah. whole time he's in, he takes the the toughest assignment on any of the guards. 
he runs the top of the key on this when they do the switching matchup zone. Right. You know, and, and that is something that is invaluable as far as just saving some wear and tear and saving Agreed. some reps. And he's been big. I mean, that game wasn't his best. I and, and I, I don't even want to say it was a bad game for him. I think it was merely a function of Hurley realizing, hey, all three of my senior guards are playing well. And and he was getting good contributions from the bigger guys. Uh, you know, Kamani Lawrence, who we got to talk about, was pretty solid. And, and so I think he found it a function more of just not wanting to take those other guards off the court. Not so much Martin not playing well, but it just, you know, it was, it was a quieter game for him. But he's had important games you know the the washington state win which was you know somewhat of a season saver um you know we were we were four and six in the conference we're at washington state we were we were struggling in that game and a loss there would have been a really tough one to swallow and he played really well and made big plays late to help us win that game and so uh, you know it, it wasn't his greatest game against ucla but he's gonna he's gonna matter i mean as much as we talk about the senior guards if we are to make some noise in the Pac-12 tournament and the NCAA tournament, I think, you know, he's going to play a role in that if, if, you know, good things happen for us there. Well, I mean, you can just look no further than the Kansas game and the yes. way he played to know that it's in there that if for some reason you're getting an off night from one of the guards that he has the ability to do it. Yeah. Tell, tell it's me. that emotional spark that he brings that, uh, you know, even the seniors, as good as they are, they don't, they don't seem to bring that every single time. They're just not that personalities. Mm. Whereas Martin seems to be that guy who's just the, you know, a dog. Like, you know, every time he's on the court, he's going a hundred miles an hour. Yeah. I think that it becomes notable when Shannon Evans does it. Not, not to say that he brings it rarely, but in the UCLA game, you could see him because maybe because Martin wasn't playing that much. He was, chirping more he was, he was he was slamming the court he was uh you know acknowledging the crowd doing yeah. all these things that normally you would suspect remy martin would do right right no i noticed that too yeah he was he was very uh you know outwardly fired up and and kind of the emotional leader and holder had a few moments like that too and uh i mean but you know it's it's a home crowd it was a it was a pretty good crowd, you know, 13,000, 14,000 people again. It was 14,025 14, for UCLA. Yeah, so close to a sellout, um, uh, you know. Um, so I think, you know, you play off of that a little bit. Martin seems to be one of those guys who, like, on the road, the Kansas game, the Washington State game, he brings that fire that, that just, you know, that's just his personality. And sometimes it's not other guys. That doesn't, doesn't not a bad thing or a good thing. It's just the way they are you have to be who you are and he kind of he brings that so you know when we get to neutral site games in in the Pac-12 tournament and then hopefully the NCAA tournament a guy like him could be a a big factor and I think he will be you know I don't if we're going to make a run you know to the second weekend of the tournament which I think is doable um you know we'll we'll need everybody to play well you know we we don't have a lot of margin for error to make it that far on the everybody playing well front the way that they have worked Kimani Lawrence back into the rotation to the point where I think he played close to 20 minutes. Played a lot. Especially in the second half of that game on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and yeah, as I, you know, I told you this in text because before the game, I'm watching warmups and I saw him and I even thought, boy, you know, just feels kind of like a lost year for him. 
Um, you know, he got hurt and he came back, you know, at the start of the Pac-12 season and we were kind of in a funk. And he just, you know, even Haller noted it on Thursday, like, you know, they're trying to get him some playing time. But it's just not, it's not finding a stride. And maybe Saturday was the day that that stride begins because he, he looked good. He, you know, he was in a lot and he scored near the baskets and he handled the ball and he played good defense. And, you know, it, it wasn't, it, you know, it wasn't a headline making performance, but it was just nice to see him play with some confidence and, you know, hopefully something he could continue to develop now over the next three or four weeks. A, a piece of the value that I think he provided um, that, that shouldn't be overlooked is when we've had to play, and I think the Arizona game will be an interesting test of this. When we've had to play against teams with multiple bigs, Hurley has at least shown some hesitation about playing White and Lake together. Yeah. Um, and, and for as good of a passer and, and sort of fire starter that Mickey Mitchell is, he, he's not a physical, intimidating no. defender. No. But being able to bring in Lawrence, who's 6'7", I think, um, yeah. and as opposed to last year where that would have been our center, center. Ha- having him get to play the four on defense is I think going to be valuable. We'll see what happens against Arizona because they sure. can trot out big after big, um, right. which speaking of the bigs before I lose the thread on this, um, the play from Daquan Lake to catch the, the ball. The block shot. Yeah, um, it's pretty remarkable. Yeah, yeah, that was a that was a really cool play. You know, it's one of those ones. I'm not sure you could make the case it was a goaltend, but it was right on the line. But he he caught it. He didn't yeah. reject it. He didn't no. deflect it to himself. He, he just, just caught the it ball. out of the air. Yeah, it was like a wide receiver going up for a, a you know a fade pass. So yeah, I mean it it was impressive. And I you know I believe, I think it was Evans took a three at the other end. It was one of those that man, if that had shot had gone down, the place would have gone nuts because they were already. They were already primed, uh, you know, and he took a quick three and, uh, you know, it was one of those as the ball's in the air, you're thinking, oh, man, what a moment this would be. But there were still several. That shot didn't go in, but I, I will say, um, you know, being there, there were a couple moments in that second half where I just, you know, timeouts were called and, and I just took a moment to kind of look around and think, this is pretty cool. You know, we, we haven't got to experience a lot of this. Um, you know, places like Arizona and, and, you know, Kentucky, Kansas, they'd laugh at me for saying that. But, you know, you just you have to realize what it is to be an ASU fan. We haven't had a lot of moments like this. So it was it was cool to look around and just kind of soak that in. Yeah. Well, I mean, the fact that they took down the panels, I saw I can't remember who tweeted it, if it was Howler or somebody from ASU Athletics. But it was the attendance for the UCLA games from our senior year forward. Yeah, and it's it wasn't even close. It was like by a thousand people, the biggest, was it? but it, to yeah. the next biggest. And a lot of years, it was eight or nine thousand. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's been good, and um, you know, you you wonder because you know we've talked a lot about how this is a bandwagon city, and it is. And they took they made the decision to take down the boards, and that kind of coincided with our funk. And I, I really thought, boy, you know, this is not going to, you know, by the Colorado-Utah game, by this past weekend, are we going to be back to getting 7,000 people and it's going to look really stupid. Um, but that hasn't happened. You know, the crowds have continued to show up and certainly a weekend like last weekend is really positive for that. But there does seem to be genuine excitement about this program 
even through the the little bit of struggles that we had, and we never had a huge rough patch, but you know, a little bit of a rough patch. Um, that I'm I'm really encouraged by the fact that people have stayed with it when some signs there in January were saying, yeah, it's kind of fading away. We fell out of the rankings. We couldn't string together wins, but it hasn't really hurt fan enthusiasm. And I'm surprised, but pleased. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. And this is why they needed to give him the extension. And this is why they need oh, to yeah. pay him more is because he's, yeah. he's going to generate more money for them. He is. He is. Well, and, and there was a notable... Now, I mean, we saw we saw some really good atmospheres in the James Harden years. Uh, you know, uh, one I'll always remember is the Stanford game on Valentine's Day, which, uh, you know, is coming up tomorrow night. And I believe that was our our senior year. So it, 10 years ago, I believe exactly, was a tremendous atmosphere. Uh, you know, so we had a few of those, but... One of the notable things about that game Saturday night was how exciting the basketball was. And that just wasn't Herb's style. Not to knock Herb, but, you know, the, the atmosphere was good, but the games were like, you know, they were slow slugfests. This was not. I mean, this is catch the rebound and go. Shoot threes. Run it up and down. I mean, there were a couple times where I was even like, boy, slow the pace. And I'm like, nope, nope, they don't slow the pace. Um, you know, so it's, it's fun to watch, and that goes a long ways toward kind of getting you through. Maybe you're not winning as much as you did early in the year, but you're still playing a fun brand of basketball, which which goes a long way here, as we've discussed. You have to be entertaining along with successful. And Herb's teams were never really entertaining. No. The only reason people came was they were successful. They were, yeah. And they were never successful at the rate that this team got off to, you know, um, that we'll see at the end of the year. I mean, Herb, you know, Herb had a, a team that, you know, got to the sixth seed in the NCAA tournament and, and a team that finished second in the Pac-12. And this team's not likely to get to either of those levels, but they might. They, you know, there's still a chance at that. Um, so we'll see. But, you know, yeah, it's just, it's a fun style of basketball to watch it's entertaining Hurley himself is entertaining I mean people get into that watching him and his antics uh, you know um, fan, you know opposing fans hate him our fans love him that's how he was as a player so that goes a long way too you know that that charismatic personality that again Herb just didn't have not to crush Herb Herb was a solid coach but it's just a big difference seeing what they're doing now well the other thing like and we've talked about this Herb was the right coach for the situation he that he was running to. It was a, a program that lacked discipline, that was in disarray. Yeah. A lot of the end of the Rob Evans era kind of got brushed under the rug because of Ike playing well. Right. Um, but there, right. were a lot of, there were a lot of on-court issues and things. even more off-court issues yes. that yes. just get overlooked. If, if you don't believe me, just yes. Google Bryson Kruger. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. There, was some, there was some trouble there and, and just – even with that, uh, without that, a, a real lack of talent beyond height. I mean, a real lack of talent. Um, and, and Herb had to come in there and just increase the talent level. And he did quickly. And that's, he had success. Um, didn't keep it up, but he had some success. And, you know, and, and you're right. He wasn't, he was a good hire. His time ran out and Bobby Hurley has been a good hire too. You know, I, I think, I think you can say both of those things. You can say Herb was a good hire and did well. But his time was up, and we needed a, a new approach. This approach has been good for us. The the thing that Hurley appears to be delivering, which I don't know, 
if it'll be true or not. But what it appears to me to be happening is not blips, but sustained success. I hope. Yeah. And that's, that's, look, I'll be the first to admit that's tough to say when they haven't had a winning record under Hurley before. They have not yet. No, no, you're right. And, and you know, look, Herb Sendek had three straight 20 win seasons. Um, you know, that shouldn't be ignored. And then he didn't build on it. Um, cross sports, Todd Graham had back to back 10 win seasons. And we thought we had the guy for sustained success. And then he didn't build on it. So there's, you know, there are more tests to pass for Bobby Hurley to prove he can do that. But it, it's, you know, yeah, it's a positive start. And that's all, you know, look, you can't, you can't have five straight good seasons in one year. You have to do it one year at a time. And he's delivering a good year this year. The expectations were, you know, contend for the tournament. And this team looks like they should make the tournament. And, and again, I start watching this team and what I saw last weekend, and I think we could make it to the Sweet 16, maybe. I mean, I, I'm not saying it's a, it's a cinch or anything like that, but why not? You know, we get a, depending on who we face and where we get seated, I think it's possible which would be a huge accomplishment if we could get there. Uh, but just getting to the tournament would be a big step. And then you keep building on it, you know, in 2019 and 20 and there forward. Yeah. And, and the recruiting class appears to be shaping up that way. Obviously there's going to be at least one more spot open um, yeah. with Bragg officially leaving the team without ever playing. Yeah, or yeah. or potentially practicing it. It's unclear to me if you ever actually practiced. <laughs> right, right. Um, but you know, with Bragg gone and the three guards, the recruiting class right now has three guys. Right. I, my expectation, based only on my speculation and, and not anything else, uh, is that it'll be a, a transfer, either a grad transfer or a guy with eligibility, because that seems to be Hurley's style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's done that a lot. Well, we've got three transfers that are sitting out this year, too, I guess. Bragg might have been the third. Yeah, it's, che- it's Zylan Cheatham and, uh, and Edwards. Edwards from Cleveland yeah, State. So, so a couple, you know, that will we'll play next year. Uh, you know, both got, you know, pretty positive reviews, it seemed like, in the preseason. Guys, you know, when reporters watched them practice and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, possibly. I think, you know, I think Hurley sees that uh, – you know, the wave of college basketball nowadays is a lot of transfers, and this can be a transfer destination. Um, mm-hmm. Why not? You know, and, and again, playing that entertaining brand of basketball, coach that trusts you to go out there and play and, you know, doesn't overcoach, um, really doesn't appear to be that type of coach, which I love. Uh, you know, I mean, so many college basketball coaches now, it's just like they try to coach every single piece of the game. and. It's, it, it leads to a slog fest kind of feel. Hurley's not that type. I mean, he lets his players play good and bad. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a good destination. And, you know, I think, and I, I don't know, um, you know, if you felt this not being here, but I think a big part of maybe why this team has captured some attention is the absolute debacle that is the Phoenix Suns. And so if you're a basketball fan in this city, this is a good time for ASU to have success because the Suns are a disaster. Um, they've lost, you know, three games by 45-plus points this year, two in the last week. And so, you know, there's there's an opening there that hopefully ASU is stepping in. Yeah. Well, and if you want to generate excitement, one way to do it would be Thursday. 
You, you beat yeah. U of A. Oh, yeah. You're, oh, you're, yeah. I mean, look, uh, you know, I, I said to you last week on a conversation that no one heard that I felt like, you know, this three games would tell us a lot. And I would have gladly taken two out of three. I think you said the same. Well, we've already got the two. So I feel good about that. I'm very, you know, I left there Saturday night thinking, boy, we got the two. I'm feeling pretty solid. But it means that the Arizona win could be a real nice, you know, cherry on top of the Sunday. Um, you know, if we could get all three and get that win and just for the sake of beating Arizona um, would be huge. You know, and yeah, absolutely. I mean, every every big win you can get, and this would be the biggest win we could get the rest of the regular season, um, you know, gets you more and more of that sort of positive attention. Absolutely. Um, you know, but, you know, to go back really quick uh, on what he's building and, and what it could mean, keep in mind that the guys who are going to play next year, beyond, you know, we're going to return White, Lake, Mitchell, Martin, Martin Lawrence. Uh, Lawrence, and then you're going to bring in Cheatham and Edwards. Cheatham is a you know sort of out of the Kimani Lawrence build size wise, right. um, and Edwards is a six three guard. I, I I would assume right now that the starting backcourt would be him and uh, and Martin. Martin. Yeah, but but Lou Dort is coming as a guard. Yeah. He's and he's right. coming as a point guard. That his plan is to be a ball handler at yeah. six six. Um I don't know what'll happen. Uh I don't know if he will commit to to that if Hurley will uh when push comes to shove and I don't know, you know, if Dort can handle the ball outside of the right. academy level. Right. But if he can, you're looking at, you know, a team with the size of those Huggins West Virginia teams. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, no, agreed. Uh, you know, and and, and uh, we've seen this year, you know, basically a two point guard approach with Evans and Holder, and even sometimes three with Martin playing with them. So it's you know he's shown he can do that. Some teams, you know, you feel like man, they need one point guard to kind of lead the way. Uh, you know, this hasn't been that, and Hurley seems to coach that way. So. Yeah, I mean, the, the, if those if both Martin and him can play point and just kind of you know that that roll back and forth, I think that's ideal. Yeah, and and, and the depth. I mean, if all of these guys are real contributors, Tayshon Cherry, um, sure, true. You know, and and you know Valtonin, who I I know very little about, but made right. one of the all tournament teams uh, he that he, he played did, in. Yeah. And that's ignoring, and I almost feel bad about it because the starting to find themselves involve the return of Shibble to the starting lineup, but Vitaly Shibble could be back as well. That's true, yeah. I mean, so you're rattling off 11 guys there. Um, I mean, you know, now will will all 11 be here and healthy and playing? Probably not. I mean, just the odds are against it. But, um, you know, yeah, that, that gives you a lot of hope going forward. That if, even if you got a nine-man rotation, which this team now has an eight-man rotation with Lawrence finally looking like a you know good part of things, and then Mitchell and Lake and I and I guess Martin coming off the bench. I mean, so really it's nine, even though Scheibel never plays. <laughs> Scheibel's a starter, and then he comes out after like a minute, never plays again. So it feels like eight. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, yeah, there's there's uh, there's good depth to this team, and a feeling that next year could have equal depth, even with losing those three seniors. Scheibel's like our Kendrick Perkins. 
He is. He absolutely <laughs> is. Yeah. I, you know, I mean, it, it's almost like, you know, senior day for Scheibel every game. He he starts and at the first whistle, he's out and he's never back yet. Uh, and maybe, you know, maybe he can, with an off season and being healthy, he can find some rhythm. He just, he hasn't found much. Um, but but, you know, but the, team, the, the thing about it, though, is everybody else's role is kind of built around that. Like, True. Mitchell is better coming off the bench. Coming off the bench, For, yeah. for whatever that is it, it it's it seems like a fact that mitchell's no, better agreed. coming off the bench agreed. so yeah uh, you know so you find something that works and and it kind of feels like that's what hurley's done you know in the last three or four weeks is you know hey this works we're gonna bring mitchell off the bench i, I kind of thought that you know lawrence might find his way into the lineup i don't think that's gonna happen now because i think we're too late in the year to make a change like that unless somebody gets hurt you know and you have to but um kind of feels like this is this is starting five and then we're going to play the rotations that we play from there with Lake coming off the bench Lawrence Mitchell and Martin um and and again one of the things I loved about Saturday was that you know Hurley doesn't seem like one of those guys who's like stuck in a pattern like we've got to play this guy a certain amount of minutes we've got to only play this guy with this guy White and Lake played together for a short amount of time and Mitchell was in with them and I I really I thought wow you know this is an unusual lineup to have three of our "Quote unquote bigs at the same time um, didn't happen long, but it, you know it happened. But like I said, Martin mm. didn't play much. Other games, Martin's played 25, 30 minutes. So it's it's that feel for what do you need on that particular night? Yeah, well, I mean, I think that the Mount Lawrence played in that UCLA game showed yeah. that you know he Hurley is a feel coach. It seems yes. like he he's yes. not yes. regimented. You know, other other than the fact that it seems like he's he likes bringing Mitchell off the bench after dabbling with starting him, um, he's he's not that regimented, and I think that's no, good. I, mean, I think he's that, you know not yeah. a, you know he's not a slave to uh, pattern. Agreed. I mean that that goes along, I guess, as I said that with you know that same notion of like he doesn't overcoach. Um, you know, I think he is a. You know, it gets said a lot. He's a point guard, and he knows what it's like to to play that position and to be trusted. And I think he trusts his players the way he likes to be trusted as a player. And uh, so, yeah, you know, and, and I I would be willing to bet if you asked Bobby Hurley before the game Saturday, you know, would Kamani Lawrence play that much? He probably would have said no. But he was playing well. Things were were rolling along with him, and he he left him in. And I kind of you know I like that. Stick with the hot hand when a guy's playing well. You know, he's finally finding a comfort zone for the first time really all year. Keep him in there because, you know, again, he may prove to be a pivotal part if we can make a run. You know, maybe he's a guy that finds his stride here in the, you know, last third of the season and becomes a big-time player by, you know, mid-March. He definitely seems like the kind of guy like Martin with Kansas where there could be a game where he is the leading scorer, where he goes off for 20 yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, so it, it's it was just exciting to see him. You know, and his numbers weren't great. I mean, I don't I don't want to overstate it and act like oh he went out there and scored you know thirty five and got twenty boards, but he just he looked comfortable, and and it was it was good timing for me, I guess, because really, like I said pregame, I saw him warming up, and I even thought oh, this guy just you know maybe it's never going to happen this year. I wasn't giving up on him altogether, but you, know, you kind of think. Eh, and we're 20-some games into the year. It hasn't really gotten going. 
just feels like kind of a lost year with the injury, but maybe that was the turning point for him. I, I hope so. Well, and he tweeted something earlier in the week about, you know, it's a, it's a slow process and stick with me. Like almost like he had been feeling that people had that view. And he probably had, I mean, you know, he, he was pretty highly touted in the preseason. You know, that was a lot of the stories coming out was about, man, this kid's good. And you know, what he can do and his skills and, and then, you know, to get hurt right before the exhibition season or, or I think, did he play the first exhibition game and then got hurt? Um, you know, so we just mm-hmm. got to see so little of him and, and he misses the whole non-conference run. We have this great success without him and it just, it was probably tough to come back and assimilate that late into the year. Yeah. But, you know, we're going to need him this year. We're definitely going to need him moving forward. Oh, yeah. And yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, like I said, I was, it wasn't as though I thought, oh, this kid's never going to make it at all. He just started to have the feeling, and, and it, look, it still could be. I mean, I don't, and the UCLA game was just one game. But prior to that game especially, uh, you know, you thought, man, this just feels like a year that is kind of lost for him. And that game gave me hope that maybe it's not. Maybe he can make a splash here in these last – three weeks of the regular season and then the postseason. Yeah. Yeah, for real. Which it's kind of, I don't know about you, but it's hard for me to believe we're, we're you know, only got five regular season games left and then it's Pac-12 tournament, then it's hopefully NCAA tournament. We're, we're coming down the stretch now. Football's over, so, you you know, we don't have to look too far into the future. It's going to be, you know, breaking down the bracket kind of time. Yeah. Which we will have another bracket up on ESPN because um, it's what we do. That's right. And That's right. And hopefully our our devils will be in it for the first time since 2014. I, I'm feeling a whole lot more confident than I was last week when we were discussing this. Uh, that sweep last weekend makes me feel pretty good. Yeah. So uh, hopefully we don't look foolish because all of our negative <laughs> talk is all of our negative talk is lost in the ether. All of our That's right. That's you know right. glass yes. half uh, full you know. optimism yeah, is going to be yeah, on the right page. Let's just say if you know the next two weeks don't go well and we go into that last weekend needing a sweep to feel good, I think maybe you should just push record and we sit here in silence for like an hour because <laughs> it worked. I'm not opposed to trying it again. Yeah, look, you, you know me. I change my right. shirt if we're losing at halftime. So. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, whatever you did, be prepared that you might need to do it again. We'll, we'll break it out, you know, break glass in case of emergency type of thing. Yeah. Uh, so we didn't solve the overlong recording mystery. I did solve the cookie mystery. They are a gift, uh, that I have confirmed from a, from a person. So they are not poisonous. Okay. Good. And, uh, yeah, and so right. we're going to wrap up here and I'm going to enjoy that. Matt, do you, uh, do you have any prediction? Do you want to even get in the prediction business for the game on Thursday? I don't. I mean, do you? I'll make one if you want me to. I, I don't. What what I will say is we've played every game close in conference. Yes. I, yes. I don't expect this game to be more than eight points either way. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it'll it'll be a, a gnashing of teeth kind of game. You know, it'll, it'll be a game that uh, makes you nervous to the end and, and you know, it'll either – end with elation or a bit of disappointment but uh you know as i said about the first one it's just one this is now later in the year so this one matters more in my mind uh last game was built up as the biggest thing ever but it was the first one of 18 well now we're at game number 14 of 18 so 
you know, a win here, I'd certainly take over the one to start the way. We'll be back. We'll talk about what happened and what we saw and anything else that tickles our fancy. But until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.